Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. This week is flying by and with it, so are the markets. We're going to talk about some positioning. No surprise that we're seeing in today's trade as we head into the Friday report day. Is it going to be one of those flash in the pan reports or are those acreage numbers and yield numbers going to be talked about more than what we expect? Uh, on the flip side of everything, we've got some higher cattle once again in the trade. It is lower hogs. Has the high been set in this box beef? We're going to find out all the details today as Kyle Bumstead joins us. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. And Kyle, we've got to start out because we do have a USDA report that comes out tomorrow. Um, some say it's just going to be see the numbers, trade it for a little bit, and then let's move on and focus on weather. For you, what are you looking for? First of all, Susan, thanks for having me back. But you pretty well summed it up. I don't know if there's really much anymore I need to say about the okay, grain report tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, when you look at it here, um, you know the corn market has been sold off here after this last recent sell-off here. We dropped about uh, 80 cents here in a matter of uh, just a handful of sessions there. Um, tomorrow's report, they're looking for a yield to come in here. The trade estimate's 175 and a half. A lot of people are banking on it coming in a little bit lower than that. Don't know if I agree with that. However, when you look out there in the far deferreds there, the commercial spreads are uh, kind of borderline neutral slash bullish right now. So I'm a little bit uh, concerned that, uh, you know, we need to see those spreads pull back into bullish territory is what I'm looking for on corn or hoping happens tomorrow. Uh, soybeans, uh, 51.2 is what the trade's estimating there. When you look at the bean complex out in the deferreds, bean spreads are still bullish. They were unchanged today here on the Thursday. So it kind of makes me think that, uh, most of this just non-commercials doing, uh, doing some trading today is what it looks like. Didn't look like there's a lot of commercial business being done as a whole. When you look over at that wheat complex, Wheat is wheat, and I'll stick with it like I've said before. There is not a lot of bullish fundamental things about the wheat complex right now. When you look at those spreads out there, you're trading 25, 26 cents carry from Septadis, and uh, that's 100% full commercial carry, which says to the uh, exchanges they're going to probably open up variable storage rates here later this month, and, and uh, that's saying... Yeah, yes, the world wheat balance sheets might be shrinking, but nobody wants U.S. wheat right now because we have a demand problem here with that wheat. Nobody wants our wheat right now, and we're still finding that here with corn and, and somewhat on the beans. Now, recently, I will give it, we've seen some bean sales pick up, and we should start to see some bean sales pick up, but uh, we need to see a lot more bean sales pick up here from these levels, Susan. Well, and I, I want to jump back to the wheat for just a second because, you know, for the last week and a half or so, we've been just totally inundated with Russia-Ukraine situations, and that's kind of gotten quiet once again. Not a lot of fresh news coming from that. As we head um, beyond that, is there talk? What are you hearing quality-wise as the spring wheat harvest will soon be underway? That's a good question. I haven't heard a lot quality-wise as far as spring wheat goes up in that area, but I will say, though, that uh, they must not be too concerned about the quality up there. Uh, because last year when we saw quality issues in that spring wheat, uh, in that spring wheat, uh, contract, we saw them come over to Kansas City wheat and start buying. And we saw them buying Kansas City wheat because they needed the, the higher quality KC wheat to blend with or to make it work. So, uh, we're not seeing that this year, this fall so far or late this summer here with the Kansas City wheat complex. So right now I don't think it's a much concern the way it looks. Uh, at least the market's not trading it as it's very concerning because they're not uh, chasing the spreads. You don't see a lot of commercials getting coverage as far as buying buying the spreads or getting uh, long coverage through the spreads. All right. What do you see in otherwise export-wise? I know they said they were kind of starting to pick up a little bit, some improvements, for example, on the corn side of the trade. 
Yeah, that's right. We have seen a few improvements here. Um, now, I've, I've been hearing and uh, reading different things, uh, chattered bits and pieces throughout the industry that China's sow herd is growing. Um, so hopefully that can get us some more uh, export business there. And I think that there's uh, something there that can be translated over the meal. The bean meal market here has been the one that's really been on fire. So if there really is a, a growing hog herd over there, then they've probably been coming over here to buy the meal. We've seen some meal sales here the last couple of weeks as well. So that says to me there could be something to it with those uh, hog herd numbers over there growing. So we could uh, potentially see some more corn business shift over this way. No surprise, weather is going to continue to be a, a market watching factor for the grains? It will be for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're kind of getting, you know, weather's kind of getting to be a topic uh, that's, you know, kind of really, the market's really not affected by a lot of these forecasts anymore. So, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of this corn crop is already in the grain fill stage and a, a lot of places are, you know, getting that wrapped up as well too. The beans, a lot of areas just recently received rain here over the weekend and during this uh, week here, we've gotten a lot of areas that did see some rain. There's some more rain in the forecast to kind of finish filling out the, the rest of the bean crops. So, we are kind of getting running running short on time here for a weather story to finish up here, Susan. Well, and I know that there's been some crop concerns with, uh, for example, white mold in these soybeans. So I think there's some lingering concerns that might be factored in before those combines hit hit the ground running. I I, I know, and I've I've heard that too. Um, there's a, there's always concerns in certain areas every year, but when it all boils down to brass tacks, it doesn't seem like that really affects them in the long run. So. I, I guess I know there's issues out there, and I feel for those growers that are having those issues, but long-term, I don't know if it's going to have much of an effect on things. Obviously, from a wider perspective, what is the one thing that you're going to be kind of focusing on when you look at this grain complex heading into this next week? Heading into next week, I'm going to be watching the spreads. When you look at the uh, also the monthly corn chart, the uh, monthly corn chart during the month of July posted a bullish spike reversal. So I'm going to be seeing here, um, you know, we're going to be halfway through August here next week. It's tough to believe, but we're halfway through the month. Where are we sitting out on that monthly chart as far as a longer-term trend? What are we doing with our spreads out there? And what's what's happening with basis out there? Is there any new crop basis news happening out there, any new crop basis shifts? So we're going to start to see new crop corn hitting the market here. We already are down in the southern plain or south Texas and uh, in the far southern delta we're starting to see some corn hit the market there in the southeast so we are starting to see a little bit of harvest uh pressure i don't want to say major pressure but there's a little bit of corn hitting in the pipeline so we do need to kind of keep an eye on that uh, harvest is going to start opening up here next week in a lot of other areas uh, in the far south so that's going to probably put a little bit of pressure on things as well all right we'll stick around folks a lot more is coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Fontenelle final bell we come back we're going to switch gears and take a look at what's going on in this livestock some say traders are pushing the cattle higher because of what cash could do we'll get those details and more as more is coming up it's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. Kyle, of course, with Allendale. And we're going to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit of livestock. And I'm just going to uh, let folks know, especially for our producers in Nebraska that are listening to this program, um, FSA's Administrator uh, Zach Duchenel, and along with FSA's Acting Deputy Administrator for Farm Programs, will be having a livestock disaster assistance update kind of roundtable with media coming up on Monday in regards to disaster assistance and drought and extreme heat. So we'll pass along those information, but I know many folks were wondering what was going to happen from a USDA perspective. And that kind of leads uh, Kyle into the conversation because you and I were talking during the commercial break. We don't know the extent of cattle loss from this latest heat eventually it may take a toll on what we see market-wise. It's going to take a toll on what we see moving to slaughter. Overall, do you think the markets paid as much attention to the heat and the cattle of last week like they should have or could have? I don't think they did, Susan. That's a, that's a very good question. I don't think that they did. Um, I think that they're, uh, you know, you, you could really, grains are a weather derivative, and, and in a way livestock is a weather derivative too because when we see the big uh polar plunge come down here out of Canada, we see the big Arctic air masses move through in the wintertime. It's, you know, almost immediately you see cattle go higher when that thing's out in the six to 10 day forecast. And when it finally got around here in the cattle complex, nothing happened. We didn't move, didn't, didn't do anything. So I don't think there was any weather premium on this last one, but I do urge uh, producers to go check into that, uh, you know, program there that the FSA has put out. I mean, at least, at least look into it. I mean, you're not out anything just by checking into it, Susan. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. No problem. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in this, in this cattle market, because obviously, um, another decent performance seen on a Thursday for the way these cattle traded. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Now, uh, we have seen recently a non-commercial liquidation, uh, the funds have been getting out of there, uh, getting out of things here. So I think today, I, I don't want to say there was any liquidation. I don't want to say there's any buying either. It just looked to me just like a trading day. I can't, there wasn't really any big volume spikes buying or selling out there. So tough to say. We did say take this October contract, which one could make a case we could be range bound in these Octobers for a little bit. I think we'll stay range bound to possibly grind higher. Uh, with that range right now being around that 180 to 184 area, and we stopped at 183.40 here today, closed at 182.52 of 82 points. Now, uh, the feeder cattle side of things here, kind of the same situation. We kind of got a range-bound market there from around that 247 to 255 area here in these October feeders, and uh, we stopped today at 254.15, and we did start to see a few sellers hit the books there once we got north of 253.5. So I do think uh, we do chop sideways to grind higher. Now, it's going to kind of uh, be contingent on box beef here. Um, box beef may have put in a low here a couple days ago. We need a, a, we need a few more higher closes in the evening here to confirm that. But uh, so far this week, we've seen some positive cash trades so far. We've seen a lot of uh, 295 to 298 bids out there on a dress basis here in Nebraska. Seen some cattle bid as high as 300 on a dress basis, depending on the quality and the location of those cattle. So I know some cattle that traded last night at 300. Those are in eastern Nebraska. Uh, there's a lot of cattle in Iowa right now. There's a big major over there that's at 300 on address basis as well. Uh, but the Southern Plains, I can't confirm it. I've got several phone calls out. I've heard of a 184 bid down there, but I cannot confirm that at anybody anywhere down there can't confirm that. So I don't know if that's the case or not this week, but here, as far as a live basis here, we're uh, 188 to 189 and some 190 up here in Nebraska in the north as well. So cash does looks to be higher this week so far. And the board kind of reflected that here with today's rally. The non-commercials are kind of buying it. Now on the flip side of that, we may have seen a little bit of commercial pressure here. The oct lost, uh, lost about 27 cents of the December out there. So uh, there could have been some commercial sell pressure there. 
And then on the feeder cattle side of things, they're kind of the same situation. Uh, September lost about 25 cents the October. October lost about 7 cents to the November. So some of that in those far deferred spreads are kind of skewed because there's a lack of volume. So I can chalk that up to the last few orders coming in here at the end of the day as far as where the spread settled. But uh, feeder cattle do have a strong seasonal right now. Um, I, I'm not ignoring it. Cattle have not followed seasonals here pretty much all year. Uh, I just know it's out there. There's a seasonal sell here in October feeder cattle that started uh, last week. When you look at the uh, 10-year average, the 10-year average high close for October feeders was last Friday. So uh, I am keeping an open mind with that uh, being said that we are in a time frame where we do uh, a lot of times see the market start to sell off and into that mid-November time frame. So I'm keeping an open mind. I do think there's some more upside coming here. But again, we're at uh, you know record high prices in a lot of these contracts and you really got to step back and take a look at it. And a lot of the guys are just simply not going to load the yards up again. And, and you can't, can't say as you blame when you start talking, you know, nine and a half to 12% interest on buying, uh, you know, short-term livestock it really makes it makes a person step back and scratch your head and think, do I really want to do that? Or do I want to just truck the corn to town real quick before we wrap up Labor Day purchases, I'm assuming are already done and we're gonna start focusing on the next coming holidays. Yeah, there's a there's a possibility we could see a little bit of a push business here this week as far as the Packers need to get a little bit more inventory lined up for the uh, Labor Day holiday. But after that, uh, boy, then you're starting to get into, uh, you know, after uh, after Labor Day, then you're starting to get into uh, thinking about the Christmas ho- the holiday season, really. I mean, you've got, uh, after that, your next major one's Halloween, but nobody really grills out for Halloween. Uh, then you got Thanksgiving, and then you got Christmas. So you're going to have some Christmas parties you need to kind of, uh, you know, work on there. But- Great stuff. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.